Welcome to the Trinity Grace Church Podcast. Trinity Grace is a community helping New Yorkers embody the love of Christ for the good of our neighbors. We have two services on Sunday mornings, 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. at General Seminary in the Chapel of the Good Shepherd. We would love for you to join us. For more information, go to tgcdowntown.com. May you be filled with curiosity, grace, and peace as we listen and learn together through this sacred text. Well, welcome once again to our digital worship experience. This is the first time for all of us. Uh, It's pretty unprecedented, this whole experience that we're sharing together. We have never canceled a service for the young, short history of our church. Uh, We've weathered snowstorms, we've weathered holidays, and uh, we've always been uh, able to gather. And the reason we do that is because we think the church is here uh, to be a constant force, a stable force of love and nurture and care. And uh, we would never do anything like this were it not for love. And that's one thing I want to remind us of. We are not doing this uh, out of fear or out of panic, but this is one of the purest expressions of love that we can show in this moment. Um, It's an act of love for our neighbors. It's an act of love for our church community. It's an act of love for our healthcare system so that it doesn't get overloaded. And it truly is leaning into what it means to exist for the good of our neighbors. So thank you uh, for uh, being a part of this and participating and supporting uh, this kind of weird moment that we're in. Um, What I'd love to do is uh, have the reading of the gospel text before I offer my reflection this morning. And uh, I know that we usually stand for the gospel reading uh, as a sign of reverence uh, for the text and the story of Christ. And I just invite you wherever you are, if you're in your home or wherever you are, just to to find a way to uh, show reverence. Maybe you stand, maybe you kneel, but something that would, uh, with your body, show a sense of reverence. So let us have the reading of our gospel. This is from John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you're doing were were God not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you don't understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen 
but still the people don't accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of things that are earthly, and yet you don't believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as I said, this is an unprecedented moment, and I know that a lot of us are considering uh, our lives afresh uh, during this season, and it's not lost on us that this pandemic is happening during the season of Lent. Uh, Lent is a time of wilderness. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of introspection and reflection. And so there have been seasons in the past where people have joked around like, man, this has been a dreary winter. I can't wait for Easter. Like this is bringing out a lot of good stuff in my soul. And now we have a pandemic in the backdrop. So um, there's always that. But we are asking that question afresh. What is God forging in us during this time of crisis, during the sense uh, season where we feel out of control or where we're not sure we have our bearings? It's serendipitous that our text is from John 3 because it's a comforting place in the church's consciousness, this whole John 3.16 idea that God's love is always with us, it always is persistent, and it's aimed right at us. But also, this story of Nicodemus is fascinating for this moment that we're in right now. Uh, Nicodemus approaches Jesus at night, and uh, this is his effort at sort of social distancing um, because Jesus was a controversial figure and he was trying to have a sense of separation uh, and be undercover. He comes to Jesus in the middle of the night and he begins to question him politely. Um, and he does the total passive move where he comes to him and he starts complimenting him rather than coming with his question. And Jesus sort of looks through the periphery, looks through the surface of Nicodemus's compliments, and he cuts right to the heart of the issue. And he says, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Now, this probably took Nicodemus um, off guard. It set him aback on his heels. Um, and one of the things that I like about this is right now we have a lot of energy going on on the surface. I mean, we're talking about lots of stuff uh, that's getting our sort of uh, conscious energy. We're talking about, uh, you know, uh, taking that curve and flattening it. We're talking about social distancing. We're talking about whether or not we have enough toilet paper for the rest of the week. A lot of things are getting our attention and, uh, and our buzz and our chatter. And I wonder during this season how Jesus would cut to the heart of our sort of dilemma and ask us a pointed question. I wonder if Jesus wouldn't look at us in the eye in the midst of all the frenzy and scramble and survival mode that we, we fall into. And I wonder if he wouldn't ask, what are you doing right now? How are you seeing this world? And that's the paradox at the heart of the faith. It's the paradox at the heart of this story, that for us to um, be healed of our pain, for us to experience God's saving work in our life, we actually have to see a different way. Jesus knew that Nicodemus was not seeing the world the way he needed to see it. And so he invited him 
uh, to see the kingdom of God and to enter into it. But he basically says, you have to be born again, which is a really powerful metaphor. He basically says there has to be a radical newness, uh, a radical new disposition, something where you set aside the old way of looking at, at things and you enter into a new way to see it. And I wonder if our moment isn't ripe for that. Um, it's easy to let the, the sound bites from the media sort of determine how we're going to approach this, this moment. Um, it's easy to let the chatter of our friends that can become nervous and panicky uh, determine and dictate how we see this moment. I wonder if Jesus isn't inviting us to look at it from a different perspective. Jesus says to Nicodemus uh, that if you're going to see the kingdom of God and enter into it, you have to be born again. Now, one of the crazy things that, that we, we know about our faith, and it's one of the ironic twists of our faith, is that you can't be healed from your pain and you can't overcome your pain unless you see it. And uh, just like when Kobe Bryant died, I feel like there was a sense in which there was grief pouring out of everyone uh, in all sorts of directions. And I was listening to a psychologist talk about this and they said, you know, it's funny, we often have this unprocessed grief in our life. Uh, we have things that we carry with us, we carry with us in our body, and then an event happens that sort of pulls out of us something that we didn't know was there. So a lot of us were watching Kobe's funeral and found ourselves crying and grieving, and we didn't know Kobe, maybe we loved him as a player or whatever, but there was something pulled out of us through that moment, and I think this is like that. Um, there is a sense of collective dread that's being pulled out of us at this moment, and it's the question that we're supposed to be asking, I think, during the season of Lent and in this moment, if we will embrace it for what it could be, is what is that dread that this is pricking within me? What, what dread do I carry with me on a daily basis that's being pulled out now that I could look at, that I could see, that I could enter into in order to experience the healing that God wants for my life? You know, the, the crises of our of our. Um, of our story, of our history, is where the church can rise up and be something beautiful. In the earliest days of the church, when the plagues swept through uh, uh, the Roman Empire, it was the church who cared at great cost to herself for their neighbors and for their city. And many sociologists look back on that one moment of the church's history and they say that's when the imagination of the empire was captured. That's when people saw love at work practically. They just weren't hearing doctrines and stories they were feeling cared for and they knew the sacrifice that came with it. I think this can be one of those moments if we're willing to face our fears, face our pain, face our dread, process it in our communities, process it in the presence of this love which is aimed at us at all times, which this text reminds us of, that beautiful things can emerge. If during the season of Lent, in this wilderness moment of uncertainty and fear, uh, if we can plow it and allow for new life to emerge, maybe Easter will be a celebration like we've never had before. The last thing I wanna, thought I want to give you is Jesus uh, references this really obscure story. It's a story from the Hebrew Bible, and it's Moses and this bronze serpent. Um, the people of Israel were wandering around in the wilderness, and it's actually kind of funny because this moment that we're in now was a lot like the, the moment of Israel. Uh, they had been freed from empire. They have this new sense of freedom, but then all of a sudden they're scared because there's not enough food, there's not enough water, and they start freaking out. Um, then they have this amazing provision. Uh, it, you know, this manna appears uh, in the morning. 
And so they gather, they eat, they celebrate. It's great. The next day comes and they start to get this idea. Well, we don't know whether we can depend on this manna every day. So let's start hoarding it. Uh, I know a lot of us now are like feeling the pinch of hoarding. Uh, they're saying that like the masks that doctors need and hospitals need, they don't have access to because everybody hoarded those masks via Amazon or whatever. Um, same is true with toilet paper and all the other gear that, you know, we go to Whole Foods right now and the shelves are just empty and there's not actually any real crisis on us yet. But that's what we do. That's the human instinct. That's the ego at work to protect itself. And of course we want to protect ourselves, but eventually that in instinct to protect ourselves undermines our lives. It damages not only our lives, but the lives of our neighbors. And in the wilderness, you see little hints that this is what's happening. There's a self-destructive theme here. Uh, the bread, when they hoard it, starts to rot. Or later in the story, and this gets us to Jesus' point, um, the people were grumbling and the com complaining. They were growing impatient. And in that moment, these serpents emerge in the community and begin biting people. And as they're bit, uh, they start to freak out, as we all would, I think. And they look to Moses and they have this moment of panic. And they say, I, I, do something. We were wrong. We should have been more patient. We shouldn't have been complaining like we have. We should have uh, been less self-preserving and more loving. And they say, do something. And so Moses gets this idea, uh, has a sense from God that he's to take a bronze serpent and hold it up as they're marching through the wilderness. And everyone who looks on the serpent is, uh, uh, the text says, they live. And so they carry that serpent. Now, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He gets through all this, this stuff about learning to see a different way and enter into what God's doing. But then he says, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up as well. Now, here's the back to the paradox. If we're going to overcome our pain, then we have to see our pain in order to he be healed. And when you looked at that serpent, when the Israelites were following Moses, they saw that serpent, they saw the source of their pain, they saw the source of their sickness, but they also saw the cure. And when Jesus is talking about lifting, being lifted up, he's talking about the cross, which is John's way of telling the story that turns everything upside down. I mean, there's no sense in which being on a cross is, is sort of on the ascension, right? There's no sense in which we're lifting up as we're on the cross. No, everything is unraveling. Everything's out of control on the cross. But John has those new eyes to see. And he says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And so on the cross, and during Lent we reflect on the cross, on the cross we see both the cure and the chaos. Right? We see the pain and we see the healing. The cross is the intersection of those two realities in our lives. And so it's, it couldn't be a better image for us to meditate on during Lent, that we would look to Jesus on the cross and see our pain, our panic, our chaos, our fear, and at the same time, see God's loving presence and God's commitment to stay with us and stick with us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our panic. Because God's here to heal us, because God loves us. And so, what would this look like for you? As we process this moment together, uh, we get very self-absorbed and self-protective like the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. That's going to come back to bite us unless we can have a different way of seeing and a different way of entering into what God's up to. Now, I wonder how God might be prompting you to look at things differently. Maybe this could be seen as a sacred moment rather than a moment of dread and horror. 
Maybe this is a way in a moment where we can love and serve our neighbors in profound ways. Maybe this is a moment where we can forge connections together that we never would have had to forge when things were normal. So we're gonna be giving you all kinds of opportunities, not only to love and serve our neighbors, but also to connect with each other. Our trustees and our elders are gonna be uh, holding daily uh, Zoom calls to sort of pray and connect, stay connected and make sure everybody's taken care of and doesn't feel lonely and isolated. Uh, we're gonna continue to do these digital worship services so we can have a sense of connection, but we wanna make sure that we're taking care of each other and we're taking care of our neighbors. Right now, the Bowery Mission has a need for volunteers that have dropped off, and though you know, the, the, the sort of needs of the homeless remain, uh, people who are willing to volunteer has fallen off. Now, we want you to be safe, and we, we don't want you to do anything dumb, so they've given like really good guidelines as to how you can participate, but that's one way you can be involved. Another is checking on your elderly neighbors or those that you know who have compromised immune systems, who a trip to the Duane Reed or the, the Whole Foods really is a, a very precarious thing. Maybe you can go out and make trips for them. Maybe you can order them groceries and have them delivered. Some of you are taking hits in your gigs right now, like your, your, your work or your, your contracts are falling off left and right and it's putting you in panic. You need to know that the church is here to support you. Uh, if you hit a moment of financial crisis, we have a benevolence fund um, that can come in and give some form of respite. And that, that also reminds all of us to, to donate to that fund. Um, I know that we have goals for what that fund can be through the year. We were barely able to meet that goal at the beginning of the year, um, but we know that we probably will need more than that to take care of the needs within our community and in our city. And so if you have the means and you're able and you can make a donation, that's one way that you can see this moment differently and enter into what God is inviting us to do. I want to leave you with this final invitation. Lent is a time to reflect on how God is unearthing and disentangling me from my ego, from my false self. How could God be doing that in the midst of this so that you can be a person of love, that you can lay your life down and imitate the God who so loves the world that he gives? That's what I think we're called to during this time. And may God help us, may God's spirit blow in our lives, blow in our community, and do something profound as we encounter this moment together. Let's pray. God, we pray uh, for our community and for our city that you would calm us, that you would help us. We pray for this disease to spread slowly. We pray your hand would be on those who are feeling vulnerable and or sick. We pray that you'd give us imagination for how to uh, look out for our neighbors, to care for them, to check in, to uh, lean into community right now with each other, and to walk through this in the love of Christ. Lord, we know our mission is to embody the love of Christ. Help us to do it with grace and with poise. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Grace Church Podcast. Trinity Grace is an interdenominational church centered around the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Our church is theologically rooted in the Apostles and Nicene creeds, but we welcome people of any or no religious backgrounds to participate in our community. If you'd like to support us, please text TGC Downtown to 77977. That's TGC Downtown to 77977 or visit our website tgcdowntown.com
Thank you for listening. Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you. And may you be filled with peace, hope, and love.